0: Welcome to the Gravity Technique podcast. My name is Kaz and I'm the creator of the Gravity Technique, which is a bridge between the face-meltingly boring science world and the practical application of how your body actually works. I've spent 20 years researching anatomy and movement, so you don't have to. And this podcast is where I deep dive into debunking, de-jargoning and myth-busting some of our most common ailments. So if you're ready to feel empowered and take responsibility for your own health and well-being, let's get started. So today we are geeking out and... Um, What are we talking about today? We are talking about primary and secondary curves of the spine. I got into this really recently with a client and I'm always reminded of how we're not taught this stuff at school. And how we really need to be taught stuff, this stuff at school. It's so important. But the evolution of the spine. So it's here in a nutshell in this session for you. How does our spine end up looking like our spine? So when we're born, we have a C-shaped spine. Um, if you've ever held a baby uh, or you know a, a very new baby, um, you'll feel that there's just one C-shaped spine. That's it. They're very small, they're very floppy, C shaped spine. And they're laying on their back. So, when they're laying on the back, the feet, after a while, the feet start to come up and the pelvis tilts in towards the ribcage. And then the heels start to come back down. So, when you see new babies, there's a lot of this sort of kicking of the legs leg extensions, the feet come in, sometimes they're grabbing onto the feet, grabbing onto the toes, and then the heels get, you know, banged on the floor or banged on the cot or whatever surface it is. And whilst this is a typical, you know, baby um, movement or a movement that we associate with babies, it's actually fundamental to the development of our spine in those early stages. So The legs come in, pelvis tilts in, and the low spine gets lengthened out. Then the heels get banged down onto, we'll say, the floor. And while that's happening, the pelvis, the hips of the baby, are tilting in the other direction. So they're tilting away from the ribs. And when that happens, we're starting to create the low spine curve. So, the lumbar curve, because initially we've only got the C shaped spine, and that's the primary curve. So, your primary curve is the back of your head, the back of your ribs, and the back of your pelvis, back of your hips. Banging the heels, tilting the hips in the other direction, give us what will become the curve of the lumbers, the low spine. Also, baby's head is disproportionate to the rest of his body and it's quite large and it's a lovely, rolly head. And you'll notice that with babies, it's a very wobbly head. When you sit them up, we always have to support the head in those early days um, because that lovely, wobbly head is a fantastic weight. So and you'll see this with babies. They're looking out the top of their head. Their head is rolling back when they're laying flat they're looking up and over towards the top of their cot or towards the wall behind you. They can follow you around the room with their eyes. And that eye movement causes that head movement. And every time we're moving the head, every time we look up towards the forehead, up towards the top of the head, and every time the, the um, jaw lifts we're creating the curve of at the neck, which is called the cervical curve. So this happens over and over and over again, because you know, babies at this age are lovely and soft. So they keep rolling the head, they keep banging the heels and tilting the pelvis. And then eventually, eventually, when those curves are deep enough, When we've got a deep enough low spine curve, when we've got a deep enough neck spine curve, what happens is the baby then starts to arch and then eventually they're going to flip over onto their front. That's the desired effect. They keep arching. The arms are also um, a major player in this. You know, arms have come up over the head. A lot of babies sleep with their arms up over the head, um, up up and around the head, up around their ears. And it's all designed to get that flexible um, extension to the spine as a whole, all the way from the back of the hips into the back of the head and those beautiful curves in between so that eventually it's going to flip over onto his tummy. Then the knees are going to come up. We're going to start crawling. They get into all sorts of stuff. You find them underneath the sofa. You find them behind curtains. Um, you can't leave them anywhere because they start to disappear. Gone are the days of, you know, being able to put the baby somewhere and they'll be there when you momentarily dash back in the room. So I'm not advising that, by the way, it's just my experience as a as a parent. Um, so with that in mind, it brings us back to this fundamental uh, learning about our spine that our spine is not different or separate parts of itself. They're not separate component parts and they're not acting independently of each other. We have to look at the spine as a spinal organ that is affected by and of itself. And we're kind of caught up in our, um, in our language because we call it a spinal column, which denotes that It's stacked one on top of each other and there's a downward force. Uh, We also add a little bit more of an insult to that by then saying that the intervertebral discs, um, those, those, um, they're not jelly type structures, but softer structures, um, then we call those shock absorbers. They most certainly are not shock absorbers. They are facilitators of movement and space creators in the spine, not designed to absorb any kind of shock. Um, So, with that in mind, we've got this fluid shifting spinal organ. We've got two weights at the top and the bottom of your spine one is the weight of the head. And it is matched ounce for ounce by the pelvis. So your head and your pelvis are counterweights for each other. And they are talking to each other all the time. If your head is forward, your pelvis is back. If your pelvis is forward, your head is back. If your head goes to one side, your pelvis pelvis will shift to the other side. Try this, you know, when you're standing waiting for the kettle to boil, you can shift your head around. Notice what happens in your hips Your hips will shift so that you stay upright. So they are the counterweights talking to each other all the time. Next step in towards the center of the spine is your neck spine and your low spine. Neck spine and low spine, they're affected by and of each other. If your head is forwards and you've had problems in your neck, then your low spine will be compensating. It will be doing things in order to support the neck spine. Exactly the same for the low spine. If we've had problems there, if things have become very unstable, there is always tight muscles in the neck as the body tries to stabilize itself. And there's no hard and fast rules to this. Your body is unique to you as your fingerprint. So, and your own compensatory and habitual movement patterns will be uniquely yours. So, your neck spine and your lumbers are talking to each other all the time and they are affected by and of each other so if one is doing one thing the other one is listening and responding appropriately and then we come into the rib spine and the center point all roads lead to t12 t12 is the vertebrae at the base of your ribs and is the divide between your upper spine which is your ribs your neck spine and your head And your low spine, uh, which and the lower body, which is your low spine and your pelvis and your legs. So, and whatever's happening at T twelve will be reflected through the ribs. Whatever's happening in your pelvis in the back of your head will be reflected through your ribs. If your head is too far forward, the ribs are going to be rolled. If your pelvis is too far forward, then your ribs might be extending backwards. So it's just having these things in mind. And nothing is ever bad or wrong. It's just having these things in mind. We can't throw the stone into the pond and just get ripples on one side. You get ripples across the whole surface area. And just like you developed your spine as a baby by rolling your head and banging your heels and you created those curves of the spine. You can touch in. You can develop your interreception. And your interreception is your awareness of what's going on inside your body. So on a basic level, uh, interreception is, I feel hungry. Or I feel thirsty. Or I feel hot. Or I feel cold. But we can develop our interreception. So if you close your eyes for a moment. Tilt your hips under under, and take your head forwards. You can feel Inside your body, you can feel your spine respond. And then if you tip your hips away so that the pubic bone comes down into the ground, and if you lift your jaw towards the back of your head, you can feel the spine extend and lift. And this is a great one that we get into in the Gravity Technique weekly sessions. we, we We have a deconstructed cat pose for any of us that have done yoga before. And rather than just bending the spine, can you touch in with each individual spine bone, each individual vertebrae? And then when you can envisage them and touch in with them in your mind's eye, can you then lift and drop each individual vertebrae with the muscles on the inside of the spine? It's tricky to do. If you want an example of it, pop over to uh, the Gravity Technique YouTube. I'm sure there's a video on there of it. Um, And it's a great challenge. How well do you know your spine? How connected are you to your spine? Can you feel your spine? Can you feel all of your spine? It's always really interesting to notice the bits that we skip over, notice the bits that maybe are a little bit sleepy, notice the bits that we go to touch in with and we just can't get in there. They're a bit dark. For me, when I started this work, which was a really long time ago, I had no connection to large parts of my low spine, definitely not a lot of connection at T12 and not much connection around the ribs either. So actually getting in there, lifting and dropping those vertebrae individually, independently of their neighbours, posed a real challenge. Thankfully, I'm always up for a challenge and I'm quite... Uh, stubborn i think is probably the <laughs> the word my family would give me um and you know i get the bit between my teeth if something's elusive i want to know why and i want to get to the bottom of it which is why we do what we do here so those are that's the evolution of the spine in a nutshell and uh, you know we're just touching over this stuff or you know in a in a very um light way because you can get into this stuff super, super deep. But what I want for for the gravity technique is just to help you to be able to take this very dense knowledge um, and have it for yourself in a way that's understandable, uh, easy to digest and easy to translate into your own life. Because when you can touch in and feel your spine, you start to build an awareness of when things may not be useful, when things may not be uh, good, if you've been doing something that's not useful, a lot of uh, I see a lot of people that that have been in the garden. Gardening, Gardening. always a great one. When you've been because gardeners, you never go out there for twenty minutes. You know this for those of you that garden. I see you. Um, you don't go out there for twenty minutes each day. You go out there for to, definitely for those of us that have got jobs. You go out there and you're out there for seven hours. And you're absolutely killing yourself over it. You've done the lawn, you've done the borders, you've planted stuff. You've probably bought a three ton tree and planted it. There's, you know, it's a whole project that would have taken a week squeezed into seven hours on a Saturday. So the next day, because you've developed your interoception, things may not feel so nice. But that's okay because with your gravity techniques, you've got a toolkit of movements that you can employ you know how your spine works so you can feel if things are a little bit flattened out in your low spine you can feel if things have become a little bit strained in your neck and you know what to do to go and create some space in your spine a lot of the time what we lack is space so The discs and the intervertebral discs, I say, they're not shock absorbers, nor is it a spinal column. But because we are upright in gravity, there is a tendency through our daily activities that we start to collapse down a little bit. And there's a loss of space between the discs. And it's very easy to put that space back. It's very easy to restore that space back into the spine when you know how. So your cat pose would be one of those. Going on to all fours, can I, you know, tuck the tail under, touch in with each individual low spine? Can I draw the tummy back towards the spine? Can I draw the ribs towards the spine and touch in with all the vertebrae between the shoulder blades all the way up into the back of the head? Can I extend the head out from between the shoulder blades out into under the jaw, out into the crown of the head? So try that out for yourself get familiar with your spine, go for a little wander around inside you. It's what the prefrontal cortex was given to us for, you know, that front part of the brain that allows us to be aware of our outer world, but also have the awareness of our inner world. You can go inside your body and have a wander around and see what's going on in there. It's a great practice to develop. So as always, We love your questions. Um, You can contact me, hello at gravitytechnique.com. Ask your questions. I love them. Um, You know, what is the cause of knee pain? I think was one that we had this week. What do I do about hip pain? I'm always happy to chat about those on here um, and also over on the Instagram lives uh, where we're just getting to the bottom of all these common ailments in a way that's really easy to understand in a way that's easy to digest. So please give us a like and a review so that we're not lost to the podcast ether. It's been absolutely lovely to spend time with you again today, and I will see you in the next session. Take care.